Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Prepare to experience Marketing Nirvana right now. Here are your hosts. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Marketing Nirvana. I'm your host, Brad Geddes, the founder of Certified Knowledge, a marketing training and toolset company. On this show, we investigate various ways in which your marketing efforts can reach a state of nirvana. You can find show notes and other information from our guests on certifiedknowledge.org. So in our last episode, we were talking about on-page SEO factors, and we're going to continue the SEO conversation this week with off-page SEO factors, so a lot of links and social information. So I have one of my uh, favorite SEOs with us today, um, Captain Todd Melcote, or also known as Stunt Double on the Web. He's the Market Motive SEO Faculty Chair, the uh, Charter Captain at MiamiFishing.com. Um, I've known Todd for many years, and he is one of my favorite SEOs in taking these more complex subjects and make them sort of simple. So welcome, Todd. Thanks for being on the show again. Thanks for having me, Brad. It's always good. So last time we talked about um, on-page SEO, and this time we're going to talk about off-page. Now, most people think off-page, and they, they think links. In fact, I kind of want to save links for last because that could be your entire show. We never get to anything else. So what I really kind of want to start with first are our social signals. And, and looking at – and you've got Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus and LinkedIn and Pinterest, and the list just goes on and on. Um, so when, when you think of social, first from a, from a conceptual standpoint, are we using social at a domain level, at a page level? Like when we think of, of social, how are we using it to increase SEO, or is it all smoke and mirrors, and that really it doesn't even matter that much? Yeah. You know, what I do you think, think of how this works? That's the big question of the year and really the last year or so is how much are, sig- are social signals playing a part. Um, and I think people are kind of slowly testing that and learning that, and it's, it's one of those gut feel kind of things. We know that Google's shifting from strictly web citations and links to using social signals more. The question is just how much are they shifting and how much have they shifted already? How much will they continue to shift? Um, questions like how, how, mu- how important is Google Plus versus Facebook? <laughs> well, you, you, Google has come right out and said we can't use Facebook. Uh, that being said, there's very strong correlations between if things are shared on Facebook and, and rankings. Um, and, and there's, again, ancillary benefits to Facebook shares of, of links from other sites, people picking it up and emailing it and um, time on site, you know, uh, user, user behavior through the Chrome browser. So there's ancillary benefits to people uh, doing really well on Facebook to, to SEO, but they're certainly not directly correlated. So in terms of how much they're shifting so far. You know, in the last couple of years, three years ago, links was 80% of the algorithm, and that's why we talked about it so much. Now it's still a big fundamental part, but these, uh, but social signals and these kind of validators are playing a very important role as well. 
you know, speculation, I don't know, 10, 20, 30%, whatever, whatever you believe, if you're a social media consultant or an SEO personnel or, you know, someone, depending on your, your uh, marketing school of thought, you probably have a different take on it. Um, but we all know that social signals are important. Links will st- still continue to be important. And these all together um, combine to, to form all things offsite equity. So yeah, things so, that, that, that you don't have necessarily direct control over, but people sharing your content, people linking to your content, people talking about your website, your brand, your business. Yeah, I mean, so like back in the day, the first big social site, I, I think for us SEOs, was uh, Dig. And, and, you know, I had many pages on first page of Dig, and the traffic was crushing, but I didn't get on Dig for, tra- for conversions because the Dig traffic actually sucked for conversions. But the Dig audience wrote so much online that I knew I would get tons of links from it. And so, I mean, it was just for the links. And so you think Facebook is – maybe it's more – there's more sharing now, but you think Facebook's kind of the, the same case, a way to think about it? it? It really is a good way to think about it, certainly. And and Dig was, was the kind of – heyday of link baiting, if you will, which was finding the people that were going to link to you, not necessarily to sell to them directly, but to to increase your, your authority, to increase your awareness, to increase your global link popularity, your page rank, or whatever you want to call it. It was so people linked to you and talked about you uh, to sell product through that higher um, through that higher authority. Uh, the, the saying always goes, all ships rise with the tide. So a site as a whole, um, as that global link popularity goes up, each individual page has a, a higher a, or a better ability to rank. And, and by dig baiting or link baiting and getting an article on dig and getting that first page, you knew that 20 or 30 or 50 people were going to link to that article, which helped your entire site as a whole. And that's really what's important to think about when it comes to all things offsite equity. How do we get people to spread this? How do we get people to link to us? How do we get people to talk about us? So the other, the other thing is, so if you're not, if your job does not include the word social, then you do Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, so forth, because you're supposed to, and, and because you enjoy it. And, and this is the hard part for a lot of people is, all right, all their friends are on either Twitter or, or Facebook. Very few of their friends are on Google+, but Google can read Google Plus information. They can't read Facebooks. So how much time, or maybe it's none, should we force ourselves to use Google+, Plus just to make sure as Google uses that signal more, or if they do, that we are already have an established presence there? Yeah, I read something. I read something funny. It was it was kind of a SEO humor kind of article or you know um, comic type of thing. And and the gist of it was uh, Google is going to devalue all our links so that we're forced to use Google Plus. <laughs> and I think they're doing a very successful job of that in, in some ways because there is kind of this growing uh, thought process that um, that excuse me, my other phone, I should have turned off. Um, there's this growing thought process that, that links are counting for less and, and that social is counting for more. And also that you, you know, if they're able to use Google+, this is going to be their huge, this is going to be their dig, big data point. They're going to add some extra incentive, and they already have. They've said, we can do rel author and get our little, our nice little um, 
uh, our nice little image in the search results that helps with click-through rate. That alone is a, is a big incentive to use Google+. That being said, most businesses and industries, I doubt there's any plumbers on Google+. There might be three or four, <laughs> but they're also being incentivized now as small business owners because that's how lo- uh, Google Local is managed. So everybody has a Google account at this point. Whether they, it's something they actively use or not is another question, but most people have it, and I think you know Google's pushing it so hard that the growth is there. Um, they're still deciding. You know, I don't. I don't think it's going to be another Orkut, but I don't think they're ready to have half of the algorithm be Google Plus just yet either. Yeah, that was Google's biggest mistake is is not making Orkut fast. If they had yeah. made it fast, we would have said Orkut, not Facebook. But so let's actually continue with auto authoring because this is this is kind of a shift, right? So we've always thought before of the 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 site being the thing that matters and, and the content within the site. But now with with author rank, is it is Google saying we want to rank the author regardless of site? And now there's almost a, a change of let's not look at just the site itself, but let's look at the content curator or the content creator regardless of page? I think it's a couple things. It's it's one, it's a, a good way or it's a way to kind of validate digital identity and Bill Slosky has a great um, write-up on one of the on one of the patents um, for uh, for this area and and it's basically the idea you know that um, that it, it's a, it's a way to authenticate individuals and to know that it's a real person with real topical authority writing about something rather than somebody just making up something and rewriting what they read off Wikipedia um, so I think there's you know that that authentication process to the to the individual, and then there's all, also the idea of that individual building topical relevance around something. Um, you know, PPC and travel, and I know SEO and phishing, and and that type of thing. So the more you write about a certain topic, and the more you are recognized on a certain topic, the more um, individual kind of topical authority I think you'll have. So I, I think we'll see that continue to spread. But that being said, you know, there's not a lot of fishermen with with Google Plus yet that are using it. So I, I don't think it's a great signal for Google just yet. But it's certainly one that they're trying to make important. So one one last question. Then we're going to take a break and actually talk links. Um, so if if I f- would – is this good strategy or am I just way too early or maybe this is just dumb? If I say, okay, so Google Plus and AuthorRank is about the topic the person knows about. Should I go to Google Plus, search for my keywords, pick the top author by keyword, and have them write an article on my site? And and have the individual articles written by the authorities as opposed to just having good content. Would that make a difference? I think it's probably good strategy, you know, in in some regards, and and that would always be a good strategy in general. Is find the top authorities within your within your vertical and have them you know write about uh, write about the topic for your site. Unfortunately, a lot of times that's not possible because those top authorities are your competitors, are people that you know don't have time for that or they're writing for their own website. So it's going to be difficult to do that. There's going to be several topical authorities in in any given area. Um, that being said, all of them are kind of vying for that topical expertise. So we'll we'll see a little bit of both. Um, it's good incentive for guest posting right now, I think. 
is is to have that rel author and to go to a you know to write on search engine land or to write on search engine journal or or um, SEO moz and you have your rel author in there that's going to refer back to your site that kind of passes a little bit of that you know topical authority or or just overall um, topical expertise link juice whatever you want to call it author rank um, and 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 we'll continue to see that that trend hold true I think people will guest post for 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 that notoriety you, you always guest post on a highly trafficked page for for notoriety and for um, additional exposure and now there's kind of some additional exposure for your website as well um, through this idea of author rank okay perfect so we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and then actually get into links more marketing nirvana after we thank our sponsors Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. So we are, are back talking with uh, Captain Todd Melcote about off-page SEO factors, and we've kind of gone through social stuff, and, and of course, the one that's worked for years and is really the reason Google even came to prominence was links and page rank. So first off, um, we all know what links are. But but I don't think everyone realizes how unequal links are created. So can you first sort of talk about what's a good versus a bad link, and then we'll kind of get into getting links. 
Yeah. It used to go that there were no bad links, and then even that got even that theory got shot down. So I think any theory that's come up over the years with links has got shot down at some point. So reciprocal links were good, and everybody built reciprocal link directories, and then that stopped being good. And then there were directories, and everybody got directory links, and those were good, and then those got shot down. And then there was pre-sell pages, and authority links, and links on newspapers, and paid links, and all of these got shot down over time. So there's all these different types of links. Um, it's easy to get unbalanced on a certain type. And the last two years, as much as links was such a big factor, it's also the big headache for most SEOs now is there was so many years of link manipulation that the last two years have been kind of the link cleanup and, and Google saying, okay, what can we do about this mess? Um, and that was the Panda and Penguin filters. And that really affected a lot of SEOs that were relying solely on link metrics and solely on not even just offsite, but just, just raw link juice and link power. So um, Penguin was the really big issue, a, a really big issue for people who have that approach, um, and, and it'll continue to be. That that approach just doesn't work anymore. Um, post, post Panda, post Penguin, the sheer link approach just is not enough. Um, and certainly all of the older types of links being buying reciprocal links, buying directory links, buying just low-quality press release and other types of links, that, that doesn't work anymore. You have to have some type of higher authority that's, that's validating that your site is of a certain quality, and you have to have user validation where people are staying on your site and staying engaged to validate that you deserve those search rankings. And if you don't have those validating factors, um, you don't maintain those rankings. So links are still a big part, uh, portion of the equation, but they, they're not certainly enough on their own anymore. So can you give me an example of what's actually a good link then these days? Yeah, a, a topical guest post. You know, it, at a certain point, that was the answer at most search conferences. Well, like, what can we do anymore? And the answer was always guest posting. <laughs> so just like you said, going out and having somebody write for your site, the same is true. If you want to be the authority in something, before you start your own blog, um, you know, start your blog, write about yourself, but write your articles on. If you're, I tell webmasters and SEOs and, and search marketers all the time, you know, you can always write on Web Pro News. You can always write on um, Search Engine Journal. SEO Moz, if you write a good enough article, they'll, they'll publish it. And there's smaller sites that will publish your content too. So building kind of some of that personal authority through Google Plus and through Rel Author um, initially is, is pretty valuable now. Um, that being said, there's, there's people tied with almost any blog for any business. And that, that um, author rank is going to follow these, those people through, through the different businesses that they work for. Okay, so I, I'm going to use you as an example here. So MiamiFishingCharters.com? Miami, what is the website? Uh, Miami Fishing. Yep. MiamiFishing.com, okay. So so it's a fishing website, right? It, and so where – you're not going to go guest blog about how to catch a fish, right? I, I mean you would love the local newspapers to write about you, but that's you know that, that takes a lot of time. So if, if you're a local fisherman – and or a plumber, an electrician, an accountant, right? Any white collar job or, or blue collar job, it doesn't really matter. Guest blogging isn't necessarily a, a great option. I mean, you, obviously, you can hire someone to do it for you and so forth. But in cases like that, like how do you think? Uh, how do you go get links for someone like that? Right? Do you are you writing to newspapers? Are you, are they are the plumbers actually guest blogging these days? 
Yeah, so so plumbers, I think, and fishermen are a little bit different just because people want to see pictures of fish. You know, if you want to go fishing, that's you want to go see pictures of fish. So um, Okay, but I'm little, an accountant. No one yeah. wants to see someone's tie. Well, and we I, want I to love see my example of fishing. But yeah, all right. So I, I love my example of fishing because it's easy. You know, it's, it, there was certainly a method to my madness when I chose fishing as my local business to to build an example from because it's it's easy for me to build content, right? I go out and it's it's fun. A day content building for me is a pretty good day. Um, it's you know a day on the water and we're we're catching fish, so it's it's fun to create the content. It's a little less fun to create plumbing content. So I would actually write a fishing article for a newspaper or for um, you know one of the fishing journals and and those opportunities are out there and pretty easily available a lot of times it's just an email away so a lot of times it's it's do the write-up and email somebody and say hey would you like to publish this and if they don't email it to two or three more people and and that's it's more of a journalistic approach for for guest blogging and there's certainly tools out there available to people um that started in the vein of link building really they started as link building tools and now they're just kind of outreach tools to to find those places so for certain businesses it's going to be a little bit more difficult but where those exist you still have several opportunities to publish on different websites so a plumber can still publish on facebook and on TripAdvisor and on yelp and facebook might not directly help but Yelp and uh, Yelp and um, and YouTube and and different channels do and can rank pretty effectively uh, as as kind of a content syndication platform within within the search results. So they so, can write not necessarily guest posting, but just within their own channels, signing up for certain services. Okay, so what are your favorite tools for things like this? Right, if if I'm an accountant and. I don't really want to go. I can't obviously take my, the tax returns I've done and publish them because that's sort of illegal. And but I can write tips on on how to you know save yourself a hundred bucks in your taxes and things you should look for. All right, we have opportunities there, especially it being almost um, tax time. So so what tools should I use to go find these opportunities? Yeah, um, I, I think there's. There's several. Um, the the greatest tool list I've seen to date is uh, Annie Cushing's tool list. So any tool that I forget to mention is probably in there. Um, my favorite for local businesses there's there's a couple. Um, there's a White Spark Location Finder, uh, um, location uh, or a local citation finder rather, um, and they have a tool there that's a paid tool uh, that's pretty fantastic. I think you can give it a demo. Um, there's some link prospecting tools. Uh, that are pretty fantastic. But for local business, Get Listed, uh, that was acquired by SEO Moz, has always been my favorite. It's just been a, a great platform for free um, for local businesses to find where they have different citations. So th- those those are fantastic. So, and for everyone listening, I don't expect you to write this down right now. So we are. I will have Todd send me a list, and when I publish the uh, post about this article, I will include the links um, that, that Todd has mentioned. So, all right, so... Uh, requesting links obviously important. Social sites somewhat important. You said directory links are are no longer useful at all. So really, it's about relationship management and links now. It seems it's it's about reaching out to answer you know to um, types of content that are similar but non competitive. You, you have to work with the people that are going to help you out. You have to build you know you have to build allies. Um, yep. You have to build some kind of online allies to help you get a little bit of link juice to help you get that link authority to help you get somebody to listen to your message. And then when somebody does finally read your message, it has to be something worthwhile and decent for them. Okay, so let's talk about the link itself. So for a while there, it was all about exact match links. So you would tell someone the link has to have these exact words in it, and 
and you wanted you know this exact word and, and all these things. And of course, the recent updates have sort of uh, neutered this a lot. So when you, you think about what you want the link to say, um, is it? It's not just here anymore, right? I mean, how do you how do you think about what that link should actually contain? Yeah, and I think this is one of those areas that you know there's so many SEO myths, and they start from something that worked. It got used, abused, and crushed. <laughs> and <laughs> yep. after it gets used, abused, and crushed, then it still gets used and abused some more, and that's where people start to dislike SEO because of the misinformation. And, and it's absolutely true. Uh, exact match anchor text was a very good practice for a while, and it got crushed um, you know, with, with Penguin Update. And just kind of the threshold for exact match anchor text went way, way down. And so you really have to be uh, careful with it now um, that you're not using too much of it. It's it's always relative to different to different verticals. Um, some places, you know, if you have an exact match domain, you can get away with some more exact match anchor text just because that's what people are going to link to you with naturally. So that's where also the exact match kind of bonus comes in. Um, but uh, but as a whole, it's not a best practice anymore. It's not something you want to be asking everybody to link with your commercial terms all the time. Uh, people aren't just always going to link to you with, with exactly what you want. And, and that's what people were doing. They were saying, please link to us with this anchor text. And then doing that over and over and over. And that's why people have um, kind of uh, um, got these, received these, these over-optimization pendants. I, I stutter because it's it's... I hate even saying the term over-optimization, but uh, that's exactly what's associated with um, exact match anchor text linking. Uh, that, that's what people, they were over-optimizing their anchor text by doing too much of it. Used, abused, and crushed. Okay, but over-optimization is, is an issue now, right? I mean, it seems for both on-page and off-page. So can you, why do you hate the term, and, and do you believe there is an over-optimization penalty? Oh, there definitely is an over-optimization penalty. I just think it's a term of semantics by, by Google because it's either optimal or it's not. It's not over-optimized. <laughs> and oh, that actually, those, that's a great point. It's, yeah, it's definitely an oxymoron uh, dreamed up by Google. So, um, <laughs> But uh, semantics aside, you know, it is the idea of just using too much. Too much of a good thing is never a good thing, let's just say. Okay, all right. So I'll tell you what. We're going to – I'm going to let you think about this for a second. So – Here's the next question is, I've been doing SEO for a while. I was never well-trained. I did not take your market motive course, and I think I'm penalized. I don't know. What I'm doing isn't working. How do I figure it out? And So we're going to take a break for our sponsors and come back, and Todd's going to sort of walk us through, like, have we been messed up or are we on the right track, and how can we even know this? More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Time now for another exciting episode of Face of Analytics. Brought to you by AnalyticsSEO.com. In our last adventure, our hero was fending off his evil nemesis, Rhino the <laughs> Algo. <laughs> That ruthless rhino has updated the algorithm again, and our website is falling down the rankings fast. Have no fear. Use our automated SEO tool to stay updated and to monitor your site with detailed reports. Or use our multi-site project management tool to manage all of your sites to stay on top. Take it from our fearless friend and be your own SEO hero with AnalyticsSEO.com. 
If you're like most digital marketers, you've probably got conversion rate optimization at the top of your list of priorities for 2013. Conversion rate optimization is one of the most effective ways to increase revenue and grow profits. You can master your website conversion optimization skills at Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013. Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013 is the only digital marketing conference entirely focused on getting more web visitors through your conversion funnel. Learn how to create persuasive content, design landing pages that trigger your visitors to action, and convert blog readers into customers. Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013, April 15th to the 17th, is quickly selling out. Register with discount code WMFM for $100 off your registration. Sign up today for Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013 at conversionconference.com. That's conversionconference.com. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. Brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. So we're we're back talking with uh, Captain Todd. I like saying that, Captain Todd. So, um, all right, Todd. So I've been in SEO for a bit, and I I've had some bad advice. I've had some good advice. I don't do my own testing, um, and so how could I figure out if I'm on the right track? If I have over optimized? If I haven't optimized enough? Like, how do I even know where I am? Yeah. And I, I think that's where the site audit comes into play. And the site audit has been the traditional tool, the re- traditional revenue tool of most S- most good SEOs, I think. And a site audit is going to look at pretty much every area of your site. We're going to look at the on-page. We're going to look at the off-page. We're going to look at different details. We're going to look at the marketing program, the strategy as a whole, the website as a whole, and and evaluate certain things that could be problematic. Um, sometimes it can be uh, the over-optimization penalty hit a lot of people because people uh, a website had been building that exact match anchor text for so long, and then that came along and it was a very, very heavy, heavy filter and penalty, and it affected a, a, lot, a, a lot of websites. Um, for as much as the numbers didn't seem that staggering when, when Google released them and says it's, it only affects 1% of queries. It affected a lot of sites that were engaging in SEO practices because exact match anchor text was a pretty good, was a well-known best practice. Um, how heavily it was used as a tool is another question, and that was a function of uh, you know individual SEO agencies and consultants and how much they use that. But it did affect a lot of sites. Um, it was something everybody knew was coming, but not to some... To, to what magnitude. Um, 
So in order to find out if you're penalty, penalized, uh, the first thing you're going to want to do is go through your backlinks. You know, the, in recent years, uh, a lot of the penalties are link-related. Uh, like I said, there used to be no such thing as a bad link. Now you can have actually some bad links. If you have too much anchor text, if you have a run-of-site link, if you have too many run-of-site links, if you have too many low-quality links, there's a lot of things that can get you into trouble there. So you want to be aware of the types of links that you have and the balance you have to that profile, making sure that they're not all forum links or direct links or reciprocal links, that you do have uh, enough guest posting and that you do have enough kind of authoritative type links um, to get you over that hurdle and to make sure that you're not triggering any filters or penalties there. Um, as far as outright penalties, uh, I have a lot of information on Market Motive about the difference between penalties, filters, and bannings. Sometimes people get filtered and think it's a penalty. A penalty is a little bit more severe, so you see some pretty significant drops in traffic, um, and, and those can last from from, you know, 30 days to six months or more, depending on the severity of the problem, and depending on if it's something you've done or if the sites, ha- if an individual site has done repeatedly, um, they take don't take too kindly to repeat offenders. the The good news is there's a lot of information available from Google now, and they're being much more uh, transparent with the types of sites that they're penalizing and why, and and also getting reincluded and kind of. Um, I like to call it the Google Sin Confessional now with with, uh, Google Webmaster Tools there where you can really get in touch with someone and and at least say, hey, this is where we might have screwed up. We're not going to do it again. So so I've got to ask more questions. So as a site owner myself who has a site that's content spans back, I think now 14, maybe 15 years, since Pen and Penguin came out, I get quite a few requests for for people asking to remove a link. Now, it's more than I'm going to do, so I usually just hit delete on these requests. But it, it's it's a lot, right? So do you find that all these requests for link removals are necessary? Do you? I mean you've got an old blog too with Stunt Double. Are you getting these? Are these things that I should even care about? I mean, because I know like random people are, are getting these link removal requests, especially for older sites. What What should a site owner do with them? Um, you know, as a site owner, I do the same thing most of the time, unless it was somebody that was actually an advertiser or somebody else. I have had it even where it was advertisers wanted to be removed because in the past they had to run a site link that had anchor text, and now that was hurting them, um, or they thought maybe it was hurting them. So, uh, you know, if it's if it's an advertiser, I usually take them down. If it's one, you know, forum link from somebody that you've never even spoken to, I'd probably delete that request too. So it's, um, you know, there there is some value in kind of the idea of link pruning now. And saying, okay, we only want the the quality links, take some of these down. Um, but I don't think it's that important, too. I think it was kind of the fear of Google was putting everybody with these panda and penguin penalties. Um, and and now there's kind of a little bit more healthy skepticism over the types of links you should get and the types of links that you should have um, because of because of the, the magnitude of, of those penalties. Yeah, I just I found some very bizarre because they were like topical, relevant, in content links from like you know PR four. <laughs> right. So Google like, really flipped the linking link. on its head. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So it's tough. Um, so we're almost out of time. So um, any parting words of wisdom about 
off-page SEO. Yeah, I think with both thing, uh, with all things SEO, to kind of tie it together, um, the the thing that I tend to focus clients on and and people with websites and business owners is the idea of big content. So you structure your content, you create it, you come up, or you structure your website, you create it, you you know what you need to rank for, you do your keyword research, you do your uh, information architecture, you do your on-page analysis, you get to the point of link building and building that authority, and that's where it gets tough. That's where we've got to come up with something that people want to talk about. And it doesn't always have to be huge, but I like to think in terms of big content. What can we aggregate? What can we make better? What can we offer to the people of the web within our vertical or something very related? Um, and you, you have to be able to do that to be successful, whether that's through local, local channels and local platforms uh, like Yelp and I mentioned earlier, or whether that's you know, reaching a national audience um, remains to be seen on the type of site that you are. But I think you have to have something um, just to offer people or you're not going to get you're not going to get the type of authority. You're not going to get the type of attention uh, that it takes to be successful in the search results. Excellent. Thanks, Todd. That, that's fantastic. So someone wants to learn more about you or connect with you, how can they find you online? Uh, Twitter slash StuntDouble or uh, MiamiFishing.com is a good one. StuntDouble is a good one. And uh, Market Motive if you're interested in learning more about SEO. Perfect. Thanks so much for the, these two shows. They've been, they've been fantastic. Excellent. Thanks, Brad. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of Mark Nirvana. As a reminder, the show notes and other information about our guests can be found on certifiedknowledge.org. New episodes of Mark Nirvana can be found on Mondays at noon Eastern 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find the archives or past episodes at webmasterradio.fm, Stitcher, iTunes, the Webmaster Radio iPhone app, TuneIn, or Google Play. Thank you for listening. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.